You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Captain Wags. I give you A. And with that, welcome into the ACL pod featuring the one and only Captain Wags. I'm ACL and he is Wags. We have three professional football games left in this season. Two this weekend, the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship game, and then two weeks from then, the Super Bowl Wags. I am ready, man. Last week was awesome. Divisional playoffs the week before that, of course, was the Super Wild Card Weekend. NFC AFC Championship games this weekend should be fantastic. Both close spreads, close games, on at least on paper. Uh, how you feeling, man? Yeah, I feel great. I mean, the uh, you know, I think the the wild card games were were much better than last week. I mean, Saturday was a little bit of a, a bore, if you will, but um, Sunday didn't disappoint. And I think these final four teams here are, are all legit, and that's why you see such close spreads because. Um, you know, let, let's face it, There, any team could win in any of these games. So uh, really looking forward to it, really pumped. Uh, you know, we've got uh, other things going on as well, college basketball, NBA, NHL. Um, so, yeah, th- things are good. I can't wait for the weekend, though. Absolutely. All three of those things are going well right now. The Australian Open starts 18 days from today, Wags. We're taping this on Thursday. 18 days from today, the Australian Open. Cannot wait for Tennessee to go on the website, guys, therealmisteracl.com, and, of course, Twitter at the Real Mystery CL and at Cap and Wags. Just some housekeeping, guys. So this, we're doing the pod this week, obviously for the games this weekend. No pod next week, and then after that um, is the Super Pod. So the Super the, the Super Pod is the pod right before the Super Bowl. Just kind of our blowout podcast, last podcast of the season. Obviously, guests, props, lots of props, <laughs> lots of props. Talk uh, headed into the Super Bowl there, um, and just basically a you know full kind of breakdown, our thoughts on the game, kind of where we're at on. You know, general items as we uh, get into the Super Bowl there. So we're off next week, and then the Super Pod the week after that. Um, probably a, sh- a shorter pod today. We'll kind of see how it goes. Just wanted to touch generally upon the four games last week, Wags. Uh, not, uh, you know, full dive in, as obviously four of these teams aren't even in the playoffs anymore. You know, Rams, Packers. Um, we, my thought going into this game, and one reason why I, I tease Green Bay down to um, – pick them in this one was obviously the you know they were coming off a bye we had all the the stats on the rams golf in cold weather etc i just didn't like the spot for the rams i mean we've seen jared goff in cold weather uh and not to say that i played green bay just because it, it it was cold but just when when you kind of started to look at it factor everything in the rams injuries i think the aaron donald injury was much 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 worse than they let on and he as you could tell as the game was going on wasn't playing a ton here so for me uh green bay was the side green bay gets there they win by 14 484 to 244 in terms of overall yardage there but green bay clearly decided we did see some money coming on the rams from professionals at plus seven dropping it down to six and a half but green bay clearly the side here yeah now we both had the uh the packers um in a tease i think you know we both kind of figured that 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 was the way it was going to go um the whole aaron donald thing you know was kind of up in the air you know i was hoping that he would be full he definitely was not um i had the rams packers under 45 and a half 
missed that literally um, by a hair. So that was very frustrating. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, Green Bay looked good. They're on a mission. I mean, Rodgers, um, you know, look, he, he's rolling right now. He's making some of these no-name receivers, uh, Lazard and, and Valdez Scantling, uh, so much better. Um, you know, they got some speed. So, uh, you know, I, I like Green Bay. It's hard not to. And it's almost like the um, Packers defense is, is kind of playing up right now. I, I don't think they have such a great defense on paper, but um, they're definitely playing with the synergy um, and, and, you know, they look good. So, uh, you know, I know they played the Rams, but the last few weeks, Packers defense uh, playing really well. I saw a couple of um, – I forget who tweeted it out, so I, I'm blanking on the name. But basically when talking about Jared Goff, they were saying this, like he's one of these guys, he's the definition of a system quarterback. He doesn't go out and make plays unless it's sort of within the system, unless it's a great play call by the coach, right? He basically adds nothing positive to your team. He'll certainly add some negative plays along the way. He'll throw some stupid picks. We saw the – Many, many times throughout the course of the season, he turns the ball over. And he's not going out there and doing these Josh Allen sort of crazy plays, you know, Russell Wilson getting out, you know, running to the side, running past defenders, et cetera, and sort of making positive yardage. He only really adds negative plays unless he's in the perfect play called the perfect system, which McVay certainly has, I think, kind of protected him up to this point. I honestly think if uh, John Wolford was healthy in this game, McVay wanted to start him. Now, could he, based upon the contract structure and all that, you have the $100 million man, Jared Goff, do you want to sit him? Do you want to sort of kill his confidence? All that. But, man, this team, it's been very, very clear to me over the last, I'll say, 18 months that Jared Goff is not their guy. McVay knows it. He tries to do what he can to protect him. And it'll be interesting to see what they do going for going forward here, who they want to bring in, et cetera. But, man, this is a team on deep. Their defense is so good, number one in the NFL. If they had a quarterback who could make some plays out there, uh, this is a, a an immediate favorite in the NFC, in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely, especially with McVay calling the plays. Um, you saw Green Bay kind of take a um, page out of the Dolphins' playbook. I saw quite a few times where uh, some of the defensive linemen were dropping back into those zones, uh, completely confusing Goff. So, uh, you know, he's kind of has a little bit of tunnel vision. Um, he's got definitely some issues. And um, like you said, system quarterback, if, if he's got time and an open receiver, he's definitely going to make the throws. But um, once you start getting a little bit of pressure on him and maybe confusing him a little bit with some uh, defensive play calls, he, he gets a little uh, frantic back there and a little erratic. Baltimore, Buffalo. Buffalo wins 17-3. to Buffalo covers. They closed around 2.5. A lot of folks are on the Baltimore side on the teaser. Perfectly reasonable teaser leg in terms of, you know, standard teaser, Wong teaser, that kind of thing. Teasing through the 7, through the 3, getting it up to 8.5. Here's the number that sort of stood out to me as I was breaking this the the, the, the box score and all the numbers down postgame. Total yards in this game, Wags. Baltimore, 340. Total yards. Buffalo, 220. Buffalo wins by double digits. So it, it essentially all came down to that pick six by Lamar at the end there. Obviously a 14-point swing there. If they go in, it's a, it's a totally different game. Baltimore teaser legs probably get there. Um, I was on Buffalo money line here. I, I, I just I, – I don't – trust Lamar yet in the playoffs I didn't love what I saw him from the week before in Tennessee I think a lot of that got masked by that uh, 60 yard run that he had but if you really think about it they only put up um 
20 points against one of the all-time worst defenses that we've seen in the playoffs in the Tennessee Titans last week. So I was sort of thinking, okay, back-to-back road games here. We're going into Buffalo. Um, I did think that the Bills would score more points. I was on the uh, full game over as well. I don't think that the win helped all those missed field goals and all that. But, man, playoff Lamar strikes again, I guess you could say. But this Buffalo Bills team, we finally get to see them go out on the road now. They haven't played a road game since week 16 at New England when New England was basically quitting at that point. So, um, a lot left to be desired. The Bills are going to have to play a lot better versus the Chiefs this weekend if they want to win than they did versus the Ravens here. Yeah, I, I definitely thought the Ravens were going to put up some points, to be honest. Um, you know, Lamar obviously ha- had that awful pick, a couple of missed field goals early. I think this game kind of changed based on those um, really couple kicks and, and that picks. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Bills' defense came to play. They made big plays when they had to uh, – you saw that happen in the Chiefs game. You saw that happen in uh, the Packers game. You saw that happen really in the Bucks game, right? So the defenses came to play, um, and that's really what's interesting is you have Brady, you have Rodgers, you have Mahomes, you have Josh Allen, all four quarterbacks, very good playmakers, um, but all four defenses are really solid um, as well, backing them up. So uh, I think the defenses are all, all four of them slightly underrated, um, and I think that's what you saw last week, really tipping the scales, especially, you know, we'll get into the Bucks game, um, but the Bucks made some significant plays. I think Brady only threw for about 199 yards, 200 yards. So, um, you know, he, he didn't really have to do much to win that game. Speaking of only throwing for around 100 and so yards, Wags, the, uh, we have some breaking news here. Thursday afternoon, guys, the Pittsburgh Steelers have signed <laughs> – Future Hall of Famer, former Washington football team quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, to their team to a one-year contract. Give me your initial thoughts. I mean, he... <laughs> Those are your... <laughs> I mean, my initial thought is is, is, a neg- is negative, right? So, I mean, it's, it's not a good sign. Well, I don't want to say it's not a good sign. It's he, a project, yes, I think, it's, is it's, sort of how they yeah, look at it, right? Exactly. I mean, you have to take it for what it is they it's definitely a project sign they are going to try to mold him and they're going to try to teach him that maybe he's got some intangibles uh, on the field because off the field he needs some work um that they see that they can mold and, and maybe make um you know a backup quarterback out of him and you know may, maybe that he hits his potential uh, that they, you know, that they have in mind and and maybe say, look, this guy can be the next guy after Ben if everything aligns perfectly and, and he takes off in such a way. So I, I think it might be somewhat low risk. It's just a matter of getting him on the right path um, and, and coaching him well. Uh, he's got a line there in, in Pittsburgh that, um, you know, can give him some time, I think. So, We'll see. I mean, uh, it's not a good sign. I like it's not like this guy's going to go out um, next year and be the starter, and and you know they're going to start winning um, a ton more, right? I mean, Pittsburgh needs a little help uh, as well. Even though they started off the year eleven and zero, they they their last six games, I think they were one and five or something like that. So, um, it it's it's a project. That that's exactly what it is. It's a good word. Is is and we'll see what happens out of that. Yeah, look, I, I, you know, we can certainly laugh about it and say, ah, Dwayne Askins, and, and you're right. I mean, it, it, it's not a good signing. The question is, you know, what's the risk? And if they're signing the guy to a one-year contract, okay, if, if he does what he's been doing, what he was doing with Washington, then they just don't resign him, whatever. They cut him probably at 
very little risk as well. Look, I mean, if you can get a former first-round pick who... With experience. Making, yeah, I mean, with experience. Clearly, if you're a quarterback picked in the first round by the NFL, the talent is there to some degree. I, I agree with you. It's mostly off-the-field stuff with him. So, look, maybe Mike Tomlin, he's an extremely good motivator. He's an extremely good kind of you know, character builder, if you will. Uh, I think he has a lot left to desire with the X's and the O's, the fourth down calls and the timeouts, but that's not really the issue with, with uh, Dwayne Haskins here. So, Yep, yeah, exactly. I think Tomlin, if he can get him on track and um, get him focused and refocused, focused on football in the weight room, doing the right things, um, other things, his his talent alone could, and his arm strength could could get him to a place where you know he can get coached up, and who knows? Again, the experience is something that is so undervalued and underthought about as a fan, and I think um, having somebody like that, even as your backup quarterback, to come in if something does happen, uh, could be quite valuable for the team. All right, Cleveland at Kansas City last week. This game got steamed. Massive steam on the Browns right before kick. Uh, it was around nine. It, it was. It actually got up to a size of like ten and a half. Okay, it dropped down to about nine and a half on game day, and then boom, two three hours before nine, eight and a half, eight. I saw seven and a half wags. I even yep. saw a seven juiced. So wow. I think it was it was KC minus seven, like minus one thirty. Begging and you to take Kansas City. They were begging you to take Kansas. Begging City you to right take there. Kansas City. And the how many how many also, how many times on on Twitter? I can't wait till it gets down to seven and a half yeah, or seven yeah. and buy that hook to get down to seven because you know that there's no way the Chiefs are gonna. Um, you know, win by less than seven points. The other big thing with that is they were essentially giving up on the teaser protection number. So a lot of times you see a line at seven and a half, but books will just quickly move it to nine and a half or 10 to eliminate those six point teasers getting below three. Right. So that's why a lot of times you'll just see a guy, a game boom, go from seven and a half to nine and a half, because it generally isn't going to fall in that eight or nine range. So when you saw when I saw this, I I was talking to some guys. There there were basically two syndicate groups that were, were were moving this number that were just coming in pounding, pounding, pounding Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland all the way down to the seven and a half. Here's my question for you: Kansas City winds up winning twenty two to seventeen, as we all know. They outgained them four thirty eight to three oh eight in terms of total yardage. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't go out with the injuries, if he finishes this game, does Cleveland cover the number? No. I, 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 I agree with that. No, uh, not, not not at all. Not in the least. I mean, Mahomes was playing really well. Look, when when he got hurt and, and concussed, he, you know, he obviously had the toe thing going on, but he was playing through it, and it almost seemed like on a play-by-play basis while the play was going on, it didn't really bother him, right? right. It's one of those injuries that you play through, you don't think about, and then the play ends and you're like, oh, you know, crap, my toe really hurts right now. And then you go back and you don't think about it because you're focused on the game. Um, you know, it's not like a broken bone. It's it's turf toe. And turf toe is very painful. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, but they ran that little option and he got he got hit and he got knocked out. Um, they obviously saw a weakness in Cleveland, and and the you know we saw them run that little option play several times throughout the game. Um, so they came back to it, uh, and you know unfortunately for Kansas City backers, uh, he got knocked out, and and you know Kansas City doesn't cover. Um, but yeah, going back to the question, I don't think there's really a doubt that if Mahomes is in there, uh, the Chiefs aren't covering. Kansas City at halftime was ahead 19 to 3. Okay, 19 to 3. The second half line Kansas City was minus a half. 
So yeah. they were essentially predicting that Kansas City was going to wind up winning the game by 20 points. Kansas City in the second half gets outscored 14-3. to They scored three points in the entire second half. They scored zero points in the fourth quarter. Um, so, yeah, you know, you'll see folks say, oh, you know, Cleveland was the right side. I, I do not agree with that. I completely think that if Kansas – if Mahomes is in this game uh, – Kansas City's going to score more than three points in the second half, and if they do, then they they wind up covering. covering right. That was so. the second half of the tease that I had. Chiefs teased down with the Packers, yep. so that cashed. And um, same, you know, I, I just think that that was the right side. The Chiefs were a better team. The Browns coming off a, a huge emotional win in Pittsburgh. I mean, maybe the the right play hindsight is chiefs first half um, you know you think cleveland's going to come out flat which they did so um yeah i mean the the defense came to play i mean they made the big plays when they had to i think a, a crucial play in the game though uh, was that hit right at the goal line where um cleveland fumbles out of the end zone and it's called Dumbest rule in sports um yeah. Dumbest rule. Uh, why? Why are you? Re- why are you rewarding the defense for the offense getting down to the half yard line and then fumbling? Why? Why do they get the ball? Look, don't fumble, man. That's like uh, <laughs> you, you're crying, crying about running up the score. Stop, stop the team from going in the end zone. I mean, uh, oh, one way to stop them is to illegally hit the guy in the, in the, with a head to head. Yeah. Shot, so right? that about that, I was texting with uh, my my <laughs> my family, my dad, my uncle, my brother are always on, on a text throughout all these games, and um, my uncle's like, you know, that, why didn't they call? He he's kind of a conspiracy theorist, and um, you know, saying that these games are already are already written and, yeah. and they're just kind of playing. But um, yeah, look, full speed. Refs, first off, the refs make some remarkable spots throughout the, the game. Like, legit. Like, I, th- I think their ref, the refereeing is, is actually very good. I mean, there are times where it's somewhat egregious and you're like, what? But you got to think how many plays go on during a football game and they mess up maybe one or two calls a game. I mean, it's really not that bad. I mean, obviously you want to get to perfection. Um, it's not a reviewable play. And had they reviewed it, yes, it was definitely definitely yeah. an illegal hit. However, That's my issue with it. That's how, my issue. Right. However, the call on the field in this situation stands. And in, in full speed, it was very tough to make that call. I mean, I, I, I honestly didn't see it as an illegal hit until they slowed it down. And then I'm like, oh, wow, you know, you definitely helmet to helmet, no doubt. Um, maybe they need to make that reviewable, um, but they, but it's not. And, and that was the call. And, yeah, definitely uh, not a good call for the Browns. Um, but it just is what it is. Sometimes, you know, that's just the way the, the cards fall. Yeah, I mean, in college football, they're out there throwing dudes out of games for helmet to helmet they literally review every single play without even needing a challenge based on helmet to helmet and in the nfl when goodell preaches uh player safety concussion protocol all this stuff but then they can't review it's just yeah yeah for, well for look, that I'm, big of a play i'm all for the safety of players but you know going into the college and i don't want to open up a whole can of worms here but there needs to be kind of two levels of calls um one warrants an ejection and one warrants a 15 yard penalty and and maybe the guy has to sit out um you know the rest of that series or something like that but um yeah you know sometimes these calls i feel so bad for some of these kids especially in college right because you know a lot of these players are never going to play again in these big games um 
you know, they, they're just playing the game. They're not using the, I mean, unless it's egregious and they're using their uh, head as a weapon, um, but it doesn't seem like that. They're just cut, trying to come up and make a big play and, and kind of dry the ball loose. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts there. I agree 100%. It's a poor rule in college for two reasons. One, they play less games, right? So there's, say, 12 games in, in, a, in a season versus the NFL, there's 16. So if you're throwing a kid out for half of a game, I mean, that's that's a substantial amount. And two, these guys are not under contract yet. If you're throwing a guy out for a half in, in the NFL, okay, he comes back next week, he still has his contract, still gets paid. These guys literally need every single snap, you know, un, unless you're Trevor Lawrence, going to be the number one pick no matter what. Most of these guys need to get themselves on film need to have snaps and how do you do that you play uh to take them out of half of a game before they have any money any kind of contract situation going on like they do in the nfl is just ridiculous in my opinion so i totally agree that is a rule that needs to be changed uh finally here last week wags tampa bay at new orleans new orleans closed around minus three um tampa bay goes in there wins by 10 30 to 20 i liked the saints here i thought it was a good spot with the bucks on the back-to-back road games here uh this was the the one side that I did not get here last weekend. I mean, look, New Orleans is up 20 to 13. They have the ball. They're driving. They're they're coming out strong in the second half. I think they were on like the Tampa Bay 40. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to at least get a field goal here. Maybe they go up 27-13. At that point, the game looks pretty good. And boom, Jared Cook fumbles. They don't score another point after that. So to me, that's where the game changed. And then the problem with, with what happened then is Tampa Bay goes and ties it. And then they started throwing the ball. They had to throw the ball more than 10 yards, which with their current quarterback is a problem, was a problem. Um, I was sort of, I don't want to say shocked that they didn't put in Jameis. I think they needed to put in Jameis. I also think it's probably Drew Brees' last game, so Sean Payton didn't want to do that to him. But, man, the the fact that they scored their their touchdown on that long throw, on that trick play with Jameis, tells you everything you need to know. Drew Brees literally can't really throw the ball more than maybe 15 or 20 yards, and that's a problem when you're throwing only dumps. They, the defense knows what you're going to do. And by the fourth quarter, it was as if his arm just kept getting tighter and, you know, more tired and more tired, and he just couldn't get the ball down the field. So that seemed to be the, to be the problem in the second half. One of the greatest players to ever do it, great quarterback, but I certainly think, and the writing seems to be on the wall there all across the board here, Breeze is likely going to retire now. Yeah, that's uh, same sentiments. I mean, I tweeted out during the game. It was a tie. I think it was 13-13 at the time. And I tweeted out that it seems like the Saints were up two touchdowns. I yes. Mean, the entire game, they were controlling it. And, and exactly, I mean, that point of, you know, the apex of the game was when um, Cook fumbled the ball. Uh, you know, it was a great play by the defender. He got beat. Um, he's right behind him and, and just punches it out. It's unfortunate for Cook. Um, I think he's a very good tight end, but that was a, a crucial play in the game that turned everything around. And um, like I said earlier in the pod, Brady only had to throw for 200 yards, less than 200 yards. And, you know, this was the best game of the three that they've played for Brady against the Saints, and he still only threw for 200 yards. I mean, so you're seeing the Bucks defense make step up, make big plays, a couple interceptions, fumble recovery. Um, they made plays when they had to. They they created such a short field for Brady to work on, um, and he capitalized on it. I mean, he, he this guy is first off, he you know he's so good at throwing the ball where nobody can get it. I've never seen somebody yeah. place the ball like at a guy's feet, but the receiver is still able to, to pick up the ball off the ground. He, he throws these low outside or low inside, depending on, on the route, 
uh, balls where the receiver, only he can make those catches, and he does time and time again. So, um, you know, he he's so good at it. His placement is so perfect. Um, and the Bucks prevail, and, and, you know, good for them. And we're going to see uh, – we, we saw Brady Breeze. Now we'll see Brady Rogers, and, um, you know, see how the Packers – handle uh somewhat of a revenge game here here we go two games this weekend sunday first one 305 eastern tampa bay at green bay green bay um, consensus line is creeping up a little bit i'll say minus three still juice total 51 we are seeing some three and a half so around minus 105 plus 100 as of taping today second game 6 40 p.m eastern buffalo at kansas city Obviously, a huge factor here, the factor here, will Mahomes play? What will his status be? Will he be 100% currently? Kansas City, minus three. It's pretty much minus three flat. You're seeing minus three, minus 110 across the board. Over under 54. We'll start with the first game, Wags. Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Tampa Bay's third road game in a row. This is their third road game in a row in the playoffs. Green Bay. They have played only one road game since December 13th. They played one road game January 3rd at Chicago. They won 35 to 16. They beat the Rams last week, obviously 32 to 18. I love the dynamic of these two games as far as the quarterback matchups. These are the top four quarterbacks in the in the NFL this year, in my opinion. Um, Tampa Bay at Green Bay. You have Brady and Rodgers, right? You have obviously. Doesn't you know? No, no more needs to be said in terms of accomplishments for these two guys. So you sort of have the old guard, Brady and Rodgers there, and then the second game, right? You get probably the two. Obviously, Mahomes, Josh Allen's creeping up right behind him as far as sort of that new generation quarterback. So you, Brady versus Rodgers, and then boom, Allen versus Mahomes, and obviously we're going to get one of them versus one of them in the Super Bowl. So that's fantastic. You did mention that there was revenge. These two teams, guys, did both play each other in Week Six of the NFL season. Okay. We'll talk a little bit about the other one, the um, Bills Chiefs later. But Green Bay, Tampa Bay, week six. Green Bay went to Tampa Bay and lost 38-10. to 10. Uh, Green Bay closed as a small favorite in that game. They closed around minus two and a half. Uh, they did take some money all week. So definitely something that you'll want to dive into in terms of that box score. Green Bay got out to a 10 to nothing lead. They were up 10 nothing after the first quarter. They didn't score the rest of the game 38-10. to 10. Now, I've watched that game. I've... Rewatched film of that game, dove back into the box score this week. This was the game wags, and you and I spoke about this at length. Green Bay essentially quit. Rodgers, after he, they were down, I think, 38 to 10, they just quit. They ran the ball the entire fourth quarter. No points total scored in the fourth quarter uh, of this game. So, so it's a little bit deceiving in terms of the final score there, uh, in terms of the way that the Green Bay attacked Tampa Bay, in terms of what they'll probably do this Sunday versus that game. So always kind of dive into the box score. Don't just look at the final score there, guys. Yeah, all I remember in this game was Tampa Bay's defensive line dominating. Okay, gave they were all over Rodgers the whole game. All game, it was crazy. Yep. I yep. mean, um, but I will say this, and something that everybody should be aware of: Green Bay's offensive line is much better than they were in Week Six. Um, they got a little bit of a practice, if you will, against the Rams last week who had a limited Aaron Donald, but also Aaron Donald's not the only stud on that defensive line. They have quite a few guys. So that front seven, um, you know, did give a go at Rodgers. Rodgers was able to um, not only have a little bit of time, but he his maneuverability in the pocket, um, I actually commented uh, to my father-in-law, is – 
is is really it's it's incredible i mean the way that he's able to move up in the pocket and slide around um completely different than somebody like brady who who's more of a step up and throw make those you know get that quick they get that ball out quickly rogers gets the ball out quickly but he's also able to maneuver around the pocket slide outside make some plays with his feet uh, where he needs to. He, he didn't even have time to do that in week six, and I think that that'll change a little bit, um, which is going to create a very good game between the Packers and Bucks this week. Um, it is a revenge game in Green Bay again. Um, you know, Brady's been here before, so, uh, you know, he's going to get his team ready because uh, a lot of those guys in Tampa, this is unfamiliar territory. Going on the road three weeks in a row, um, going into cold weather, how to handle the pressure, the situation, etc. At least they have a leader in the locker room that is going to hopefully, you know, hopefully for them, I should say, settle their nerves um, and, and get ready for um, one heck of a game uh, in Green Bay. Weather. And we're taping this again on Thursday of this week, guys. Weather. As of now, high of 29 degrees on Sunday for the game. There is a 40% chance of snow. All right, so you'll say, okay, Tampa Bay's from Florida. The Asher, they have a lot of warm weather guys. Tom Brady obviously is used to playing in the cold his entire career, so I don't think that, that that's going to be a thing. Um, the third road game in a row is something that, that I do look at. Um, it's interesting. A lot of these teams, by this time of the playoffs, if they have played a Week 17 road game, this is their fourth road game in a row. So that, that's not the case here with Tampa Bay. Um, but, yeah, it is their third road game in a row. So they went from, you know, Tampa to Washington, Washington back to New Orleans back, now Green Bay back. So Green Bay's just sort of been chilling at home uh, after they beat the Rams. And, obviously, I said that they've only played that one road game since the 13th. So factor that in as well. But um, as of now, in terms of, of money, like I said, three, three and a half. I could see this closing a little bit higher, Wags. Another factor you always want to look at, guys, is books liability. So – the books, if you see, you know, most of them tweeted out. If you ask them, they'll generally tell you. They have a tremendous amount of liability on the Bucks to win, not only the NFC but the Super Bowl. There are a handful of tickets out there. You can see them on, uh, on PropSwap, et cetera, of people taking the Bucks prior to the Brady news and right after the Brady news. There's a bunch of 80-to-1 tickets out there. A lot of folks took the Bucks around 30-to-40-to-1 to right after the Brady news broke, before the books moved. So, Books have to factor in their current liability into their numbers, right? So if if they are extremely liable to the Bucks here, that's going to affect the, I'll say, quickness with which they move a line on a certain game, right? So they have a lot of NFC Bucks tickets pending out there. They may be, you know, a little more hesitant to move the line compared to where they wouldn't if they didn't normally have those. So always factor that in as well. Um, all right, man. Second game. I... I will say I was kind of surprised that they didn't flip these games around. I, I figured you know they'd want the whole Brady Rogers thing in the, as the second game, but yep, is what that's it. I was literally thinking the you same. You thought that thing, too, right? right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, right? exactly. When you told me the Packers Bucks, <laughs> you you mentioned it earlier. I actually wrote it down in my notes as I'm three oh five. Totally thought that would be the Chiefs Bills spot. Um, you know, I think marketability. I mean, yeah, you have Mahomes who's banged up, but Mahomes Allen. I, I mean, I think Rogers Brady is is really the headline. Maybe to our point earlier about, you know, past versus future, maybe they want to just sort of get the the next-gen guys in the future. Maybe we'll yep. see. Hey, if Mahomes doesn't go, they got, you got Chad Henney in primetime, man. <laughs> Can't beat that. Um, all right, so here's the deal with this line, guys. So the, the 
the look-ahead line on this game was, before anything that happened last week, was Chiefs minus 3.5. Okay? So it was Chiefs minus 3.5, all things all things equal. So what happens? Buffalo wins, Kansas City wins, Mahomes is now technically considered questionable. However, the current line, pretty much across the board, is Chiefs minus 3. So what that tells me is that there's a very, very, very high percentage chance that Mahomes plays this game. Books aren't going to have that line just hanging out there all week, which they have. If there was really any doubt that he was going to play, um, people would be grabbing Buffalo money line, Buffalo plus three. They'd be teasing the hell out of Buffalo up through through the uh, through the seven. So I think that barring some crazy setback with his two injuries, the concussion and the toe, this line tells me that Mahomes is going to play. I don't know how, that, how you feel, Wags. To me, the concussion, if you kind of watch it, it... it it wasn't one of these true concussions, kind of like the guy on, on Cleveland got smacked in the head. It was like he got twisted around. He sort of didn't have all all his his you know senses when he first got up. The bigger issue to me is the toe. He was literally limping around prior to that hit with the toe. They were calling it some turf toe stuff. So uh, assuming he clears protocol and all that on the concussion, I'm going to sort of put that to the side and say that that's okay. The bigger issue that I'm honestly monitoring and, and watching him move literally all week is this turf toe thing. For sure. Yeah, the turf toe is an annoying, nagging injury um, that really is no fun to have to deal with. Uh, everybody's like, oh, it's just your toe, and, and you kind of roll your eyes. If you've never had turf toe, um, be lucky because you consider yourself lucky. The concussion, I agree. I, he, he's definitely going to clear. He's going to play. Uh, I don't. I don't see. I mean, I guess there's a, a small percent chance that he doesn't play, but he's been practicing. I mean, I mean he's he's going to play. There, there's no doubt. I mean, this line we talked about in week six was Chiefs minus around what five five and a half. Yes, Chiefs minus five and a half in at Buffalo. Buffalo. Now they're mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. and it's three, three and a half. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just tells you how much better, um, and the perception of the Bills, how much better the Bills have gotten. The perception of the Bills, um, they've been playing incredible ball this year. Uh, I think they lost by nine to the Chiefs. They lost uh, on a one of you know that Hail Mary, Hail Murray, if you will, as they call it. Um, to that Arizona. was the last game they lost, which was November fifteenth. Their last prior loss to that was this Chiefs game, Week Six. Right. So, so the Bills are rolling. I mean, they they can you, you can make the argument that they're better at this point than Kansas City. Um, you know, if not equal. I mean, you look at Kansas City; they haven't covered a game in what. Eight, eight, nine weeks or something like that? Wags, the last game that the Chiefs covered, this is just how long it was, was before the election. Think, think yeah. about how long ago that feels. That's crazy. Yeah, November I mean, 1st. November 1st versus the Jets at home. Before the election. Against the Jets. So the, yeah. they covered against the Jets. I, they, they beat them like 30-3 to three or something. They beat the New York Jets 35-9, to nine, covering as 19.5-point favorites. Right. So, I mean, that's a long time. I mean, things, you know, Games that I remember them not covering, uh, Atlanta uh, towards the end of the year, um, the Dolphins, uh, that mm-hmm. was a, a late cover, I think, by Miami. Or actually, yeah, there was an, uh, they didn't cover then. They didn't cover against, like, Denver. I mean, th- there's some teams that are like, are they good? Are they not? I don't know. And, and the Chiefs aren't covering against them. Uh, meanwhile, the Bills haven't lost in, uh, what, like you said, before the election. I mean, November 15th was the last game. Well, they, right, they lost the Hail Murray November 15th, but prior to that was this Chiefs loss October 19th. It's 
crazy. So, I mean, the Bills are on fire. I mean, good for the Bills fans. Um, you know, growing up a Dolphins fan and, and a Dolphins fan, I'm not into the Bills at all, uh, but I do like their brand. You know, they've definitely had this Bills Mafia. Um, you kind of feel bad for them for a while. They, they were kind of the bottom of the barrel, not, not doing so well, and, and they're finally uh, in a situation um, wh- where they can win and go to the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, this game's going to be awesome as well. I, I hope Mahomes is playing. I hope he is at least at 90% with his toe. Uh, otherwise, you know, he, not that he can't make the plays, but he's going to have some difficulty moving around the pocket and making those kind of fun uh, new style plays that he's he's been able to create on the move, running right, throwing left, uh, you know, sidearm, etc. Uh, it's going to be tough for him to get out of the pocket with with a turf toe if if he's not, you know operating at let's say seventy five percent. So yeah, so I was going to add something to keep in mind, guys, about that Week Six game versus the Chiefs that the Bills played at home. That was the the weird scheduling game. That was the game that was Monday afternoon at five p.m. Eastern time. Right, because the Bills had played the week before at the Titans, and that game was on Tuesday. That was that Tuesday game. So they had their whole schedule, their whole routine kind of screwed up. They played this game on short rest. They played the Titans game Tuesday. They had to come back and play this game on Monday. And their whole routine, their whole schedule was really screwed up. So I'm not saying that that's the reason they lost. I'm just saying that's something to factor in as well. The Chiefs were coming in off a full week as well. Um, Let me see here as I can pull it up. Yeah, so prior to that Buffalo game, they had played – that was the game they lost, yeah. right? That was the week five game, October 11th versus the Raiders. So they were coming off a loss, their first loss, and they had an extra two days to prepare for that game. So yeah. they were both coming off losses. Uh, Correct. Bill, Bills were coming off, uh, they actually got killed by Tennessee the Correct. week before, uh, but coming off six days of rest, where the Kansas City had eight days of rest um, for this game. So um, yeah, it was on the road. But yeah, I, I think this game is, is going to be. Uh, Again, a fun one as well, and, and that'll be in prime time. All right. Super Bowl look-ahead lines, Wags. Nothing up on DraftKings currently. They had some up prior, but they've taken them off. FanDuel has all four potential Super Bowl matchups here, and these are always fascinating to look at. There's sometimes some value there if you can kind of project correctly. Uh, Packers versus Chiefs. Chiefs minus 2.5. Chiefs minus 2.5 versus the Packers. If it's the Bucks and the Chiefs, the Chiefs are currently minus 3 against the Bucks. If it is the Bills and the Packers, Packers are minus two and a half versus the Bills. And if the Bills play the Bucks, Bills are minus one. So the most likely matchup, obviously, just based upon the numbers this week, is the Chiefs versus the Packers. Chiefs, as I said, minus two and a half. Um, obviously, a lot of that's going to depend upon how they look this week. If, say, the Chiefs blow out the Bills by 30 and the Packers barely beat the Bucks, this line could maybe open up three, three and a half, something like that. If vice versa, it could maybe open up. I don't think it would hit Pickham ever, no matter what happened, unless Mahomes is out. Um, or, look, if Mahomes is out, Green Bay is obviously going to be favored. But assuming he's in, I don't see this game being down to Pickham, no matter what happens this weekend. So, Always look at those lines, guys. If you bet these and they don't happen, you get your money back. So there's really no risk in that sense. Um, but, yeah, the highest spread on the board, Wags, as of right now, would be Chiefs versus Bucks, Chiefs minus three, Mahomes versus Brady. I would love that. I, I honestly would love any of these matchups. I think if I could just pick, wave a magic wand, I'd, I'd probably go with Mahomes versus Rodgers. But certainly Mahomes versus Brady wouldn't be too bad either. 
Yeah, no, it's it's going to be, yeah, look, pick out of the hat, right, type of situation um, as far as uh, the Super Bowl quarterback matchups are concerned. Um, you're not going to go wrong here. Um, you know, I think probably the least um, sexy name, if you will, would be Josh Allen um, out of the four. Uh, sure. But, you know, to me, as far as the, the – worst quarterback of the four this year to me is Brady. So, um, which is crazy to say, but he's just getting older and, um, hasn't had to do much, um, to keep winning. So it's good. It's going to be a fun weekend. I, I'm really looking forward to, uh, seeing who the matchup is going to be in the Super Bowl. It's going to be awesome. And, uh, will, will we get a home team in the Super Bowl? We might. We might. We're one three-point underdog away from winning from having it. Uh, it would be a little bit ironic, though, if we do get that home team in the Super Bowl, that this is the one year that they're basically going to have, I don't know, 20% fans yeah. capacity. So. And, it would, and it would be funny that it would be Bra- uh, Brady, right? Just yeah. One year in Tampa, it happens to be a Super Bowl in Tampa, and, and Brady takes them to the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick, I – am convinced that he is rooting for Brady to lose this weekend. I'm sure, you know, people say, oh, they're friends. He wants him to win. No, 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 no. <laughs> Bill, if Brady leaves New England, New England goes whatever they went, six and nine, whatever they were. Brady goes to Tampa, obviously a better roster and all that. Yes, they have a lot better players than New England does. But if he goes to Tampa the year after he leaves New England at 43 years old, takes this team to the Super Bowl, God forbid for him, wins the Super Bowl, I have to think that that would sort of swing the pendulum toward, was it Brady or Belichick? It was Brady, clearly, if that happened. So say what you will, I'm fairly certain that uh, Belichick is rooting for the Packers this weekend. Yeah, no, for sure, I agree. Um, I guess one question for you, because I really don't know the answer, is who would be considered the home team in the Super Bowl? Does it alternate AFC, NFC each year? That is a good question. I, the answer off the top of my head, I want to say, is no. I don't think it alternates. I think it's the seeding. So, like, if the one seed in the NFC plays a two seed in the AFC, I think it's the one seed is, right. is the home team. But don't quote me on that. I, I, I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah, interesting. Because um, I'm curious be, it, to know if the Bucks would end up in the visiting locker room. Right, 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 right. It could be wherever the game is played. So, in other words, if it's at an NFC stadium, then the NFC team is the home team. But I'm not entirely sure on that. But, yeah, I mean, what if what if they're the, you know, the Bucks are the away team and they have to go in the right. away locker? You know, it's going to – it's gonna, that's a factor right there to me. Absolutely. I mean, it's one to look it's, up. It's a, one that's to look a, up. You know, you're, you're at home, you feel comfortable, and then you, they throw you the wrench that you have to go into the away team locker room. So uh, something to uh, keep in mind. Another thing to keep in mind is the secondary markets that you can bet on the Super Bowl. So I tweeted it out this afternoon, Wags. The We'll just use the uh, Chiefs as an example. The Chiefs currently, as far as Super Bowl, plus 200. Two to one to win the Super Bowl. Just kind of say all four. Packers plus 210. Bills plus 350. Bucks plus 450. So the Chiefs are two to one to win the Super Bowl. DraftKings also has MVP odds up to win the Super Bowl MVP. You can get Patrick, Patrick Mahomes at three to one. So... Look, not to say that if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes is guaranteed to win the MVP. Obviously, you know, Tyreek Hill has four touchdowns, something like that. He'll win it. But I think there's a decent chance that if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, it probably goes to Mahomes. usually does go to the quarterback. So always look at that. Sometimes you'll get some really crazy numbers out there. I mean, to sort of push it out even farther, the Packers, as I said, are plus 210 to win the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is plus 325 to win the MVP. 
So Josh Allen plus 475 to win the MVP. Tom Brady plus 625. So always look at those secondary markets, guys. Don't always just look at who's going to win the Super Bowl if you want to play that. And then you could also play the exacta. So along with, uh, you know, which team is going to win, you can play the exacta. So championship exact outcome. For example, the long shot Buccaneers to beat the Bills 9-1. to So... If you like the Bucks this weekend, if you like the Bills this weekend, great. Maybe play them separately, parlay them, whatever you're going to do. Also look at that potentially because then you head into the Super Bowl. As I mentioned, that game right now is around to pick them. The Bills are plus one. You could have the Bills at nine to one going into the Super Bowl. So always look at these secondary markets too. Absolutely. And if you already have tickets um, on certain teams and you want to take a hedge, I mean, that's something to look at too, right? So, um, you know, maybe you have the Bucks to win it all. And, you know, you could go and take the, the Packers to beat the Bills at plus 575 and maybe Packers to beat the Chiefs at plus 450 to get a little bit of Packers action if needed. All right. Again, guys, off next week. Next week after that, two weeks from today, the Super Pod where we talk all things Super Bowl. All the props will be out by then. The reason, you know, not the next week, most of the vast, vast, vast majority of the Super Bowl props don't come out till the second week. So, um, you know, you get sort of the general ones, obviously the coin flip and all that, and team to score first is sort of the, you know, tails props will be out next week. <laughs> but the vast majority of them uh, are not out till the next week, all the player props and all that. So, all right, contest time, Wags. I am about to read off some questions here, guys. 200 bucks in site credit to the person who gets all three of these right. If there's more than one winner, whoever gets it in first wins. Tweet your answers to me or Wags or email either of us, ACL at TheRealMrACL.com or CaptainWags at TheRealMrACL.com. Three questions. Question number one, Chiefs versus the Bills. You're taking the Chiefs minus 3.5 or the Bills plus 3.5. Which one? Question two, name the player who will score the last touchdown in the Chiefs versus the Bills game. Question three, the total number of passing touchdowns by Josh Allen. Total number of passing touchdowns by Josh Allen. 200 bucks in site credit, therealmysterycl.com, to whoever gets all three right. Good stuff. All right, man. Free play time, Wags. Are we ready? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So you and I talked about – we're going to do it a little differently today because there's only two games. We talked about, um, you know, a, a basically a consensus free play that we both agreed on, that we both liked. We, we yeah. talked about both well, games. It's, it's also tough. About, yeah, ACL, it's also tough for us to give out – you know, let's say a college basketball or a hockey game Correct. or NBA because, you know, the podcast, if you start listening to it on, on Friday or Saturday, then you're going to miss out on the play today because the look at, you know, there's no usually the lines come out the night before. So um, we decided to do it this way, give out one play, a little collaboration play uh, between the two of us. So ACL, take it away. Well said, guys. All right, so our collaboration-free play for this Sunday's games. We're going to the Green Bay game. We're taking the Green Bay Packers. First half team total, over 13.5. Green Bay Packers first half team total, over 13.5 points. We've seen this over and over with Matt LaFleur. I mean, his game scripts to start the game are terrific. Green Bay gets out to these leads. They put up touchdowns, especially in the first quarter, at a historic rate. Uh, on top of that, as I talked about, this is the third straight road game for the Bucks. They're in the cold. So usually in these situations, we see these teams start out a little bit slow, especially defensively. So I think LaFleur has to know in the back of his mind that Brady has a comeback in him. We saw what happened last week in the second half. Uh, the Bucks are clearly going to be live in this game at, at, at a certain point, and LaFleur wants to get out to a hot start. 
I think that the Buck that the Packers can put up two touchdowns here. Um, and Wags as well. So yes. first half collaboration play. Green Bay Packers over thirteen and a half total points. Yeah, Good just to, yeah, just to add to that. I mean, improved offensive line, revenge game. They, all these factors play into it. Um, they're going to come out fired up. They're going to come out hot. And um, let's let's go get it. Green Bay over. All right, man. Good stuff. Uh, hockey's up. Tennis is up. Basketball's up. The website's up. Wags, what am I missing? Anything else? We good? No, we're good. Look, hockey, we just won 10 in a row. It comes to an end on, on a, a tough beat. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting ten, hot. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Getting you, hot. You, 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 you bury the headline. 10, <laughs> ten in a row. 10 wins in a row, baby. Right. Yeah, that's right. Pretty darn good. 12-2 and two in the last 14. I mean, we're hot right now. Uh, if you're not on the package, I highly recommend it. It's a great moneymaker and um, you know, happy to answer any questions you have. All right, good stuff, guys. The website's therealmistraceyale.com. Check us out. Hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. I'm on Instagram as well on the same handle. Uh, off next week, back in two weeks for the Super Pod, which is amazing. Guests, props, 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 everything props, Super Bowl talk, everything will be there in Super Pod. So for WAGS, I'm ACL. Good luck in all your plays. We'll talk to you in two weeks.